Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 39. Today, we're talking Christmas cake. It is perhaps my favourite bake of the year, and one about which I have many opinions, although perhaps not like you might expect. But before we get into all of that, I just wanted to say this week has been a tough mental health week for me. And whilst I don't particularly want to talk about it, I also didn't want to say nothing and have the lightness of this week's episode mask what's been quite a rough week. And so I will say this. I feel like this feels quite right. That is to say, I think it's no bad thing to acknowledge when we're in a rough patch, but also to not let that always dominate the conversation. And instead, if we can find something to lift up our eyes, to take our mind off the problem and just enjoy, well, then we bloody well should. So whilst it's not quite yet the season to be jolly, it is the season to prepare for future jolliness. So let's talk Christmas cake. Because this is the perfect time to bake a Christmas cake. Because bake it now, late October, and then you let it soak in booze for two months. I don't know who or how someone discovered that pouring booze on a cake and letting it rest for a few months made it better. It could never have been me because cakes never last that long normally in my home. But I'm grateful for the knowledge because without it, there is no way I would let a cake sit in a cupboard for so long. Also, it has to be added that the long period between baking and eating can make this feel like a very high pressure bake. Luckily, I have a solution both to deal with the unsatisfactory nature of baking a cake you can't eat yet and worrying if the cake you're about to let sit for two months will even be edible. So this is Christmas cake tip number one. Take out a little of the mixture and bake a couple of cupcake size bonus mini cakes to bake and eat after the main cake is done. Trust me, you'll be glad you had a little reward for all the hard work right away, and you'll feel much better knowing your efforts will be edible in December. Speaking of flavours, here's tip number two. In the recipe that comes later and is in the show notes to this episode at lifeaftervaxvax.com, I've just said 500 grams of fruit and nuts because honestly, this is your time to shine and make this cake your own. This year, I'm on a thrifty one, so I've just used up a bunch of dried fruits I've had in the cupboard, mostly dried cranberries and cherries, both of which I totally love. In past years, I've spent small fortunes on speciality fruits and fancy candy peel, but honestly, whatever is going to bring you joy, use that. For me, I hate currants. They're, the, they're, like, they're like worse raisins or sultanas and have no place in my food ever. But if you like a cake full of hard dead flies, knock yourself out. In past years, I've added dried apricots to the blend, but this year didn't have any, so I missed them out. 
I've had years where I've gone heavy on hazelnuts, delicious. And other years where it's been pistachios, also heavenly. This year, I don't have any nuts in, so I miss them out. If you have it or you want it, use it. If you don't, then don't. But please, don't let a recipe convince you to buy packets of various dried fruits you don't like or need just because some famous chef says so. Personally, I'd probably not go for more than 50% nuts just because I think you're going to miss the fruit texturally. But if you want to try, go wild and let me know how it goes. Like I say, this year I've cleared out the cupboards and it's a fruit-only year, which leads us handily to tip number three, booze. Now, most recipes call for you to soak your fruit the night before making the cake. So far, I agree. Most recipes call for a tablespoon of brandy. I disagree. The fruit deserve tastier booze. I've done many years with dark spiced rum and that gets my wholehearted endorsement. Recently, after a tip from my sister-in-law, I've been making my way through a bottle of Disserano and that has been most excellent. Whiskey would also be great and if brandy really is your thing, then please don't let me stop you. But whatever you do, soak the fruits well in much more than a tablespoon of booze. We want plump little bad boys. We're after drunk fruit here, so be generous. And if there's any liquid left in the bottom after soaking overnight, then that's the chef's treat to drink. For the cake batter itself, I keep it fairly simple. I know some recipes call for very complex spice blends and all kinds of dashes of this and that. But honestly, I'm not buying a whole jar of spice or a massive tin of treacle for just one teaspoon's worth, only for it to sit at the back of the cupboard for another year before being too gross to reuse next time. So when it comes to flavours, I use ones I already have for other things. Cinnamon, vanilla and nutmeg. And when it comes to liquid sugar, a spoon of good maple syrup, which I always have to hand, does the trick for me. Again, you do you here. Then you have the staples, the butter, sugar, eggs and flour. Don't play around here is my advice. If you're going gluten-free, then I'm sure you already have a great plain flour substitute you know well. If you're going milk-free, then swapping out butter for vegan butter should be pretty straightforward. I'm less familiar with egg replacers, but I'm sure a flax egg would work well in this recipe. In my experience, substituting one is usually pretty easy But once you're into the realm of swapping out two or more, you might be better looking for a cake recipe that uses those items from the start. That said, remember tip one, we're going to have a chance to taste these before we whip out the final cake to a crowd in December. So if you do F it all up, then at least you have a chance to know. So I think that makes it recipe time. Ingredients. 500 grams of dried fruit and nuts. Your choice. Booze. 110 grams of softened butter. 110 grams of soft dark brown sugar. Two eggs. 110 grams of plain flour. Half a teaspoon of salt. A quarter teaspoon of cinnamon and a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. One teaspoon vanilla bean paste. One teaspoon maple syrup. The day before, 
soak your fruit in booze and cover. On the day. Grease and line a six-inch circular cake tin with a double layer of parchment paper. Preheat the oven to 140 degrees centigrade. Cream the butter and the sugar until pale and then slowly add the eggs and vanilla. Sift, then gently fold in the flour and spices, then stir through the fruit, nuts and syrup. Pour the batter into your prepared cake tin and cover with another double square of parchment with a small hole cut out. Bake for around three and a half hours, but you can start checking after three. You'll know it's cooked when the cake pulls away from the edges of the tin and a skewer comes out clean from the centre. Let cool to the touch in the tin, then fully cool on a wire rack. Poke holes in the cake and lightly drip over more of the booze. Wrap tightly and store. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.